Toy Power Podcast is a free podcast made possible by the support of our awesome Patreon sponsors. Head to toypowerpodcast.com and see how you can help. Welcome to Toy Power, the podcast where we talk toys and everything pop culture. My name is Frank Ohoyhoy, and it is wonderful to have your company today for episode number 162. This week on Toy Power, we have got some more shiny new toy reviews to go through. We're looking at some of the NECA's latest and greatest. We're going to hit up uh, the Birds of Prey and Harley Quinn and see what we all thought of that movie. And depending on the time, we'll have a quick whip around our toy rooms with a bit of state of the nation. Joining me in the Toy Power studio today, we have Master Trent. Boom shakalaka. Boom shakalaka, I like it. Mr. Darren. Hello, one and all. And Mr. Ben. G'day, g'day. Alrighty, let's jump straight into it. So we're talking the uh, NECA Toon Turtles. So this is the Wave 2 Turtles. I've recently just got my, uh, what I'm calling the cartoon green ones as opposed to the olive green ones so when i say cartoon these are the ones based on a lot of the promo materials any of the the posters you probably had as a kid any thing that was plastered on a lunchbox anywhere uses this very uh which not quite neon green but mm. very grass green yeah. uh coloring and so, so there's these are straight up repaints now we've just before recording cracked these open and I've brought along the Wave 1, which is very much the olive green based on the animation colors, uh, just for a, literally a side-by-side comparison. So we've all had a bit of a look. Um, just wanted to sort of go around the table, uh, get people's thoughts, and then answer the big question. If you're a collector and you haven't got either of these, which way yeah. do you go? A couple of huge differences straight out of the box is the fact that um, there's no shading on these new green ones. Yes, agreed. No, so they're just pure green, uh, and the shells uh, on the green ones have a dark green shell as yep. opposed to the older ones of uh, the brown. The, the brown, <laughs> we're calling them brown. Uh, <laughs> they have uh, the darker olive green ones have a brown shell. Uh, their um, name emblems, sorry, the belt buckles. Yeah, they're, mm. they are so. They look. I said, are they bigger? Because they're just so. I'm not uh, sure if the actual lettering. No, 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 no it's not bigger. It's just more pronounced. They, yeah, definitely. It's, I think it's, it's the white on black look yeah. as opposed I, I, to the. Yeah, and I think it's actually different. If you looked at the two, the two rafts side by side, for example, I think you find the letter is actually. Large. One, it looks one's bigger. One, yeah. I think it's. I think it's not okay. a straight repaint. I think that's yeah. been slightly been remoulded. Oh wow! Yeah. Interesting. Cool. Now they do come with some extra accessories. Yeah, that's something I didn't realise until we'd actually cracked them open. Go yeah. on, Ben. So we, we, uh, out of the box, you can actually see once you, it's sort of until you open it, you can sort of see them better. But they come with the Rocksteady and Bebop sort of cutouts and training cutouts. Cardboard stand-up yeah. type things. Yeah, for the turtles to um, smash on and wail on. And uh, it's hilarious because Rocksteady has a moustache uh, <laughs> yep. drawn on his um, <laughs> thing. Uh, they do come with now these cardboard cutouts have depict them the uh, boys with weapons, and they've both got a sort of a, a bat and a uh, mallet sort of thing. And I, I kind of, as soon as I saw them, I'm like, why didn't we get them with the uh, two-pack neckers instead of just the guns and things? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, is that going to be another wave release later down the track from Necker? Who knows? <laughs> uh, also, we get a pizza box in the uh, each of the uh, two-packs. 
One's uh, Vinny's Pizza and the other one is Ninja, Ninja pizza. pizza. They are in a solid plastic form with a, a slice taken out of each. Uh, the rest of the pizza is still in the box. You unfortunately cannot close the boxes. That's probably my yeah. only gripe. They look fantastic. Awesome display piece on the shelf, but I would have liked a opening a and close hinge would yeah, have done it. function. Yeah. And, and very screen accurate, I might add. Both of these the pieces of colours were featured in the 1987 Fred Wolf cartoon, so, so um, nice to see that so much attention to details paid there. But I do, do take your point about the fact that you can't close them. And that's not all, yeah. as they say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you also get some little pieces of paper in there, right? And for the life of me, I could not work out what they were <laughs> until I unfolded them. There's everything in there from ransom notes to blueprints of the blimp to little uh, pizza token cutouts and things. Little comic uh, books for Mikey to read. Yeah. Like, it's amazing. It's, it's, a, very, it's a photographer's cool. dream. Yeah. Like the Fush guys would have lapped this up. Well, I'm going to uh, be honest. I've opened a lot of toys in my time. And Have you though? Well, <laughs> I was wondering, I was wondering, is that what you tell yourself in the mirror? <laughs> let me rephrase. I've peered into the windows of many boxes in my time. I've seen my friends open many of <laughs> I had an out of body experience. I don't know what came over me. But I've never seen this used widely. This just, just cardboard paper. or paper mm. printed in there. It must be relatively cheap to do. I mean, oh, you're not sculpting something. Cheap. It seems underutilized. So well done for NECA. For I think it all kind of came back to those displays they did at San Diego, at New York, where they had their dioramas set up. And they go to the nth degree with their dioramas and they had a lot of their, their guys working on the product line putting in these extra details. Well, why not? Once you've already gone and done that key art, you yep. might as well spend the extra 10 cents to print them out. So really, really cool move. The other thing I guess I'd point out looking at, at these is that the sort of chest color is a very bright yellow and and i know ben mentioned the name letter on the belt buckle but it's it sticks out it's got this really white uh yeah Mm. border around it and the letters in white so that that's very different the other thing i did want to just point out interestingly last episode we did a review of the mcfarlane dc figures in their multiverse line wave one of that and we were just talking about how clean and crisp the paint apps were and now i guess the paint apps on these aren't bad. Like they're they're solid. They're they're really well done. But there's a lot of line work because they're done in the animation, and, and it, it's almost like someone sort of got a, a pen on a couple of these yeah. and kind of drawn and going whoops and sort of slipped and, and tried again. It's 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 interesting because these are not quite as crisp as what we saw from McFarlane. Yeah, it's interesting. I've got the two Leonardo's side by side, and the head sculpts. While the the head sculpts look slightly different, I think the eyes on the olive green Leo are a lot better and to trans point there's a few particularly above the knees there's a couple of little lines that appear on the olive leo that aren't on the bright green one uh yeah they and i mean the color difference but the, the line work whilst most of it is there it just doesn't feel as crisp to me on these green ones look i think i, I do like the color of the shell though on the green ones compared to the olive ones the uh, the or olive, natural yeah, yeah i agree yeah. and and i say natural but you know we're basing this on our nostalgia and and it's all the advertising stuff that we would have lapped up as kids seeing that uh everywhere all the toys had dark green shells didn't they Ooh, yes. Yeah. yes 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 yeah. they the, did the original ones yes. anyway, yeah. yeah the vintage playmate stuff so and they also i think there's a bit more of a sheen or a bit to the olive ones compared to the 
green green ones they are a bit more matte and and not quite as glossy so Can look I, sorry yeah i was Keep just going. gonna say they're not they're not terrible figures like if, if you were the green ones were the, your only representation you had they're still wonderful quality quality neck of figures they've got all the same articulation and everything I just think if you're comparing them side by side, uh, in my head, I was prepared to go, ah, I'm going to move, you know, the Wave 1 stuff on because these ones are going to be heaps better. Uh, I'm now, if anything, kind of swinging the other way. Oh, interesting. Back yeah. to Olive Green. Yeah. Can you, I'd love you to try this, Frank. I've got a, I've got the new uh, cartoon, well, lighter green, emerald green Mikey. Sure. I can't bend those elbows. Yeah, Ben and I is were that, looking at we this before. Is that a thing? The, um, sorry, go, Ben. There's a there's a little flaw in his uh, bandana around his elbow. It's actually inside his elbow. Oh, uh, it's got, it's got, got stuck thing. in, has it? Yeah. yeah okay. So the the, the shoulder um, shoulder the elbow pad, if you will, it's a soft rubber that's supposed to sit on top of that uh-huh, joint. It gotcha. looks like it's sort of sunken in and got a bit stuck. Yep. On there, and look. To be fair, the joints on all of these, and even the olive green stuff, were very tight that first time, and and it's you, you sort of go, mm, yeah, you, you're trusting in the quality of the yeah. plastic to move it that first time, and then once you break it, that initial sort of seal, then it right. it moves quite well. A little bit of uh, what I personally use is, and I know a hairdryer is most common to use. I use the steam from a kettle. Okay. So I put the yeah. I boil the kettle, have a coffee while it's steaming. I, I hold the figure over the steam of the kettle, yep. and that is as good as uh, you know okay. going and uh, stealing your missus' uh, hairdryer. So uh, <laughs> that's a point that I use. Feel free to disagree or not, but it works perfectly <laughs> for me. Fantastic, and that, and that is really hot. Yeah, so no, no. That, that'll that'll soften any joints that you're having problems with. So, Frank, are you going to lock in which one? Let, okay, let's, okay, we'll start. I'll start. Mm. Um, for me, to me, this is the color. This the second wave two is the color I remember. I know now. If you go back to the animation, it's definitely the olive green. But this is to me what a turtle looks like, and that just brings back the nostalgia. So, I'm glad I've got these on order. Uh, this lighter green. Do and you that, have that the olive be... greens at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got many, <laughs> many of the olive greens. <laughs> Four, I think. But no, I, I'm glad to have that one. Yeah, glad to have that one. Right. That that uh, you holding that Raphael, that is just pure nostalgia because yes. that, that's his uh, toy. Uh, yeah, colors. yeah. The rat, the Raph is yeah, the toy colors. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's perfect. beautiful. He's yeah. beautiful. Darren, which one would you go if you could only get one and, and not four like me? What would you? <laughs> what, what would you get? I really like um, what I've seen of, of the the refresh. I like the bright green. It is a very traditional uh, turtle as opposed to how how we used to see it. I haven't noticed some of the flaws up close. I haven't looked at some of those like Mikey yet. Uh, so I might have a bit of a different view in terms of the comparison, but. I, Hmm. I think they both look good, and we are. That's very toy. Yeah, isn't it? It and is. The, I'm just holding up. Okay, so I've got Raph from the Emerald Green Wave Two, mm-hmm. and Leo from the Olive Green Wave One, and they are beautiful. They look. They're, they're just the colours of the original toys, aren't yes. they? Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah they yep. look sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe so, it's a mix and match job. Yeah. So maybe we what, need. They're going to bring out a brown wave yep. then, yep. and then a, a, a deep sea green <laughs> wave four. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Uh, for me, I'm I have the olive green ones. I went into uh, a deal with Pop Culture where I got all them in a bulk pack, and I got them sent straight away. And then uh, Bebop and Rock City came uh, just this year, uh, which was fantastic. I'm going to go with the olive green uh, simply because 
uh, for the shading and things, it works mm. better for the overall line. Yeah. So Bebop and Rocksteady okay. have the shading. The foot soldiers have the shading. Shredder's got the sh- shading. I think it's a tiny bit on That's Krang and things pull. like that. Yep. Um, if I was only going choice by uh, Turtles, it would be the uh, emerald green. Yeah, cut copy. Cut copy paste what Ben said. I was actually just, we've got Bebop yeah. and Rocksteady here as well, and I was noticing the shading on the back of those. Olive green has that, your emerald greens do not. So mm. if you want to across the line consistency, go with the olives. If you're just wanting, you know, pure nostalgia, emerald green for the win. Yeah, I fantastic. Think. That's good. Good summary. All right, I reckon it's time to get into our next segment. Batman. May the force be with you. Why fans say forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for late pizza. As you can see. We are talking Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn, or... Is that the title, Is though? that the title? <laughs> this is a great question. Or as if you were to look it up now, Harley Quinn, colon, Birds of Prey. I honestly don't think it makes a rat's ass a difference because if you've seen anything about this movie, any poster, any trailer, any behind this, any TV spots, you know what you, it is. You know it's Harley Quinn front and center, right? Yep. Even on the poster, I think seeing so you know, the bus shelter ones, big full full size picture of Harley and small versions of the character floating around her head, very sort of animated style. You know it's a Harley Quinn movie. I don't think the name it makes a rat's ass. I, I think it should. I think in hindsight they should have called it Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey, because it's so much more a Harley Quinn film than it ever was or ever will be a Birds of Prey film. Yeah, I think that's the right answer. But I, I heard this thing that it's all about Google searches and that people looking for the movies want to type in Harley Quinn. Like Harley Quinn is a lot more searched. Yeah, but I would have okay. thought you still get... Birds of Prey from the fact th- that it's got the fantabulous thing. I, I think it's just a stupid title. Like, I'm sorry, it's just too long and it's just too... <laughs> but it's, uh, for, I it, thought that from the moment it was announced. It's meant to be as if Harley wrote the title. Well, given she's the narrator of yeah. the whole film, that I, I think the, I think the, the title makes makes a lot of sense and it's, yeah. it's very... which we'll go into in the spoiler section, but the whole use of the term emancipation in particular mm. is very prevalent. That's it's, what it's, it's about, really. Exactly. So, and they were kind Kind of going for that tongue-in-cheek sort of Deadpoolish type. Hey, we're sort of you know very different from the comic book movies you might think it's think it is. So yeah, I just feel like it was a knee-jerk reaction for them to change it because it didn't because it didn't do a billion dollars in the first week or whatever. Oh, yeah, I don't, Wonder Brothers panicked. I don't think it made any difference. No, but it's it's, not. it's funny. Let's just run <laughs> over some of the numbers. So for us, we got it released on the sixth of February here, twenty twenty. Um, directed by Kathy Yen. Now, it's got a close to $100 million budget USD, so $97.1 million reported. And at the time of making these notes, it had registered box office takings of about $145 million US. Don't know if it's done any better since then, but like, I mean, I look at those numbers and I know I saw Darren shot around an article saying, actually, that's that's not that bad. To me, that looks bad. I mean, that looks like it's a, it's a flop in terms of box office takings. 
97 million to get to net 143. Do you want an update yeah, on that? Update, update as it. of right now, as of this recording, it's at 191 million. Okay. Oh, gosh. That's, so that's, well, that's, 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 that's okay. Yeah. And that's yeah. probably what your article was based on. And that was what it was yeah. projecting. Right. I think okay. that sort of thing. It wasn't looking at, okay, this is where it sits today. Yeah. It was very much like, by the time this thing leaves cinemas, right. where do we think it It'll finish in the next. Where did? Yeah, okay. Where did Suicide Squad land? Because I know it was critically panned, but I thought that actually did pretty well that at the box office. Well. Well, I'm thinking, you mean the Oscar-winning uh, Suicide Squad <laughs> movie? That's right. Well, I, I mean, I'm going off memory, and I know Frank's googling it now, but I remember I seven, seven hundred, seven hundred million. Yeah, um, I do believe it had a bigger budget yeah. than this. Seven forty-six. Yeah. So yeah, this look. Okay. Well, anyway, we'll get we'll get to that with some of our thoughts. Six point six on IMDb, seventy eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, sixty percent on Metacritic. I had heard earlier reports that this was sort of not a bad film. You know, this mm-hmm. was being received fairly well by the critics. So, we'll, you know, that those scores, seventy eight percent Rotten Tomatoes isn't all bad. I think. I think importantly, it's um, one of the few comic book movies that the critics and the fans seem to agree yeah. on. There. It's, it's, I it's think about that's right. that usually six, seven gap. out of ten. Usually, yep. there's a bit of a gap. Fans love it, or critics hate it, or vice versa. So, yeah, they were pretty bang on with that. All right. So, a couple of the cast here, some some impressive names. Oh, Margot Robbie, we know and love, and and I think she does a fantastic job in this. And Ewan McGregor gets to do something a little bit different playing He's the bad guy. He's having so much fun. He is as as Black Mask, Roman Sionis. Uh, we get Victor Zaz. Victor Zaz, very cool character, I think, played by Chris Messina. For people who know him, he was he was in a show called Ah oh, with Mandy Mindy Kaling, who you might remember as the Indian girl from The Office. And he was the love interest in pretty much a very much a, like a weekly comedy. He was the nice boy. He right. was like the guy you bring home to meet mum and dad. So to see him as a guy with scars on yeah. his face and just like an absolute killer was quite jarring to me. Yep. <laughs> we get uh, Dinah Lance or Black Canary or Songbird. And I think this is a bit of a running theme with some of the names here, um, which I, I want to talk a little bit about. Uh, Journey Smollett-Bell. Renee Montoya as by Rosie Perez. Um, Huntress, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and Cassandra Kane um, as well. I don't. I honestly don't know. I want to talk a little bit about this, but I honestly don't know who this was meant to be. Like why she was Cassandra Kane because there was no Batgirl. I, oh, so Cassandra. Because I, yeah. I heard the name and I went, "That's got to be a reference." I didn't know it at the time. So yeah. Cassandra Kane is is a is a Batgirl. Is a Batgirl. Grows, grows yeah. up to be Batgirl. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which seemed really odd. But Ella J. Basco, who. Funny enough, seems to be like a Instagram, YouTube personality, which was, uh, which I, I sort of knew going into this, and I was very, okay. I was looking out for, I guess, the quality of acting, knowing yeah. her background, and yeah. Anyway, we'll talk about some of these these characters as we go in, because I think the big thing about this is, is it a Harley Quinn film? Is it a Birds of Prey film? What does it try and be? Is it a team up? Let, let's have a bit of a think about that. But before we get into that, so the basic premise, as we said, Emancipation is in the title. This story is all about Harley breaking up with the Joker yep. and what that means. And and I think, interestingly, and I think this is quite clever, that she's protected when she's with the Joker. Yep. So she can kind of be all sorts of crazy. No one in Gotham will touch her because that means messing with the Joker. Yep. Soon as she breaks up with him, I think there's an actual 
like a, a, a sort of fairly publicly, yeah, yes. pu- publicly, mm-hmm. she's fair game, and all the people she's kind of messed wronged, with and yeah. wronged, and that's almost sort of like a running thing. Like it is, yeah. H- how is she wronged? Cup field, as we would say in Australia, people that that, yeah. feel that she's wronged in the past, but they've not been game to game anywhere near her because yeah. because of Joker. Yep, and and that really sets the scene for this film, yeah. and I guess it's it's. Uh, the the typical kind of storyline. Can, can does it feel I'll, fairly generic? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll help set the scene as well for those who haven't watched it and curious what this is about. And this is also me listening to D- Davey's uh, video graveyard Ooh, way too much. Here right? we go. I think that um, uh, both Kathy Yan and Marby, Margot Robbie uh, met up and said, let's do a Harley Quinn movie. Yep. They both agreed. They both went home simultaneously sat down and watched Kill Bill, right? You know, <laughs> without even knowing. The next day, got back together and wrote Birds of Prey because it just, it just oozed Kill Bill the whole way through. It does it. have that vibe about it. Yeah. I, I would have put it more to like a, a Guy Ritchie movie where there's all yep. these really weird things you go that that should have no impact on the storyline, but then it all comes to a head in that last sort of third act we you go how does that lead to that lead to that lead to that and it's just a, a crazy sequence of events which i guess if you're thinking comic books which is where this yep. stuff comes from is pretty standard fare but yeah i do yeah the kill bill references i, I noticed that as well but yeah I mean, essentially there's a plot device which is everyone now wants to go after a certain character yeah, and yeah, it's just yeah, send, yeah. send all your mercenaries after them and and, 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 it, and it, a it, ragtag it, bunch of heroes yeah blah, 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 and it didn't like, have a to me <laughs> It didn't have a lot of substance. There was some, like, to the Guy Ritchie point, there was some nice weaving of yep. some of the characters Threading, and how they true. interacted and that. And I liked that. And I liked the narrative was, wasn't was linear and, and they flipped around a bit. And I think that added a bit of pizzazz and interest to it. But at its heart, by the end of it, I, I, was felt, I felt pretty underwhelmed with what I was given in terms of plot. Yep. I felt yep. very I, underwhelmed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Shall we go into spoilers? And okay. Ring the alarm. There it goes. All right, what do we want to start with? I want to start with fight sequence. Yep. Because yep. I think this this opened up and there's a scene where Harley goes into a police precinct. Yeah, that was the best. So, that was yep. the best yep. uh, so good. scene in the whole movie. Yep. So good, right? Yep. Shotgun, it's yep. filled with all these different things yep. and it's so nicely. Yep. It's very Harley choreographed. Yep. Very yep. stylized yep. and deliberately non-lethal. And, and, yeah. so, and so colourful. So. And so like, colourful. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Very good. And then you get to the final fight sequence, which is in like the House of Mirrors kind mm-hmm. of thing. And I was so bored by well, that. Well, she was wearing roller skates and, you know... <laughs> I mean, yeah. I know that's Harley, but like it just—it didn't work on it screen, didn't, did it? it? Didn't. This no. you had five or whoever were the birds of prey plus Cassandra Kane fighting off hundreds of people that stormed the building without guns, right? With baseball bats, because you, mm. you you come yep. as bounty hunters to take out three <laughs> girls with with nothing, no guns, right? Because that makes sense. Yeah. And then the choreography. Maybe the gentleman. I was so I was so bored with that sequence. Yeah. I just thought for, for a final fight sequence, I was so so. Yeah. Disappointed. I mean, there were cool little elements in it, uh, like I need a hair tie, you know, or something. Yeah, like yeah. That, that, that was that good. That was kind of cool when you could tell yeah. that was a bit of a girl uh, choreographed rather than a man. Yeah. You know, yes, a, 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 a kung fu fighting, you know, uh, guideline. Sure. You know, sort but, of but thing. they they built but, up so much yes, yes, tension yeah. and. That, and Fear yeah. and and terror with Black Mask and like and then that that sequence was just almost laughable and and, and also I mentioned on the last podcast like the the, the mallet 
was yep. so underwhelming. As soon as she's like, oh, look at this, and they open up that black chest, and here it is, and she t- pulls out this tiny little mallet. Is it the like, same it one from so, Suicide Squad? I don't know, but it was so underwhelming. They've got the, yeah. they've got the baseball bat. The baseball bat. The baseball bat. Yeah, yeah, but, but I thought yeah. that, that as a joke in Suicide Squad, you know, that famous scene where she's pretty much flashing her boobs, there was a reference where she pulls out the mallet ah, and goes, oh, I'm not right. using yeah. that, and yeah. picks up the baseball bat instead. I wondered if it was the same prop. Okay. Okay. Anyway. I, it was so. so underwhelming. Yeah. yeah. I, I, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm switching on this. Margot Robbie just wasn't hot in this, I felt. She, she was just so... Derpy dressed all was that the time. Intentional, maybe. I think I, it was. Yeah, I did Margot's not. had a lot more control over this project. She wasn't because she's she spoken. hated that first. She's, outfit. Yeah, she's hated no, I that. Don't, outfit. I don't. I don't yeah. disagree with that yeah. outfit. That first outfit, but to to be wearing like ragabond uh, yeah. flair, and she just looked like a homeless girl that had just. Mm. I don't know. I just. It just. It, she didn't need to look. You know, uh, reveal. You know, everything no, no, no. but her yeah. lingerie. Yeah. But she could have worn something that was a bit more tasteful yep. uh, and not just a, a clear, clear, uh, you know, weather suit thing with these uh, flares and, oh, I just didn't like it. Yeah. Just, you know. But Song Girl was so, she's my new, uh, you know, <laughs> she's my new, um, uh, what Favorite? do you call it, Domino. Like, Domino. Uh, yeah, she was, she was foxy as hell. Yeah. yeah, just on that. I mean, I'm a huge Huntress fan. I love my Huntress mm. and... I was so disappointed. Yeah, with I was going to say, her what did story, you think? Her backstory line, sorry, backstory line was built up so well. And yeah. it's like, oh man, this is so cool. She's like the DC version of Punisher. Yeah. Mm. She's so cool. And then she's just so underwhelming. She was like, so she underwhelming. almost stupid. Yeah. You know, it, I, I don't know socially what, awkward. Yes. I, I don't know what they were playing at with her personality. It was... It, it missed the mark for me. She meant to, she meant to be this highly trained assassin, and all they did was play on the joke of her name being the crossbow, crossbow. killer, and she wanted to be and known as Huntress. Angry. Yeah, like yeah. that was that was really, and I was pretty underwhelmed by the performance mm. by the actress. Interesting. I, I I sort of looked at it the other way because I thought you're right. They built up her story, and she's supposed to be this super assassin, and and you know you think someone like that comes across as super confident, super mm-hmm. cool, but like. How many bloody times have we seen that in sure. a movie, right? Yeah, this is yeah. this is something different. Yeah, she's got the skills and she can, you know, she crossbows people all day long, but she doesn't have she's literally practicing her one liner in the in yep. the mirror and stuff and and not nailing it. I, I kinda liked it. It was something different. Now, I'm not a h I'm not invested in like the huntress sure. as a character, so I get where you're coming from, but I kinda liked it as as a bit of a point of difference. Song word, uh, sorry, Black Canary was that yeah, she had all the power lines and stuff, and she was, you know, very could take on the bad guys really easily and stuff. Uh, the one that probably underwhelmed me a bit was Montoya. Like, she's, if you know your Batman animated stuff, yeah. she's revered pretty much up, right up there with Batman in that show. And she was, you talk about dressing like a hobo. I think at one point she wears a t shirt that says, I shave my balls for this. Like, and you're like, really? But that's because she got covered in garbage and she was getting, I know, know, but yeah. They were playing on that whole, oh, she's the cop who does all the work. And then her dickhead partner is the one who, you know, takes all the glory. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that's, you're overplaying it a bit. I, yeah, that's the one that hurt me in Montoya. Yeah, no, I agree. Agree with that. And then Cassandra Kane, the pickpocket. I didn't like the character at all. She annoyed me. Mm. And any, I guess, tension where at the end Victor Zaz was gonna, you know, get the diamond out by cutting her open. I wasn't. 
I, yeah, I don't know if I was yeah. well. Not not that I wanted that to happen to her, but she was annoying <laughs> me. But it just felt that that wasn't going to play out. It didn't feel threatening like it could have, and it just it, like became it silly yeah, yep. in a way. Um, Do you think if it was a different name, like it wasn't a? I feel like they did that because they're like, let's make this person. It's a, that's a nod to the fans, right? Who know who Cassandra Kane is? I if that was someone to different, me, it felt like they were they were universe building several steps ahead of themselves, like. I take Trent's point about the Huntress being, you know, not the Huntress that we would know and, and you know, she's very green and, and that I got the impression they were sort of saying this, this is her origin and, and she'll get better. At least that's how I interpret it. And and Cassandra Kane, I got the impression, again, this sort of world-building or franchising, she's going to grow into something. But I'm not sure... I think somehow in doing that, sometimes you can lose the thread of the film that you're actually watching now and at times I think that might have happened while they're concentrating on all these other things that, that might pay off down the track they were, they were losing losing the moment. Yeah. I, I don't think when you're thinking of these movies now with nah. DC and world, the world building is not a thing. This is a solo movie. I think the Cassandra the use of the Cassandra Kane name, name was a nod to fans. That actress is not going to grow up to become Batgirl. No, I, I, I wouldn't no, want to no ever way. see her as Batgirl. No. That'd yeah. be... Uh... No. I, did, I, I thought they did a fairly good job of writing out the Joker. Uh, yep. You know, yeah, at the start, <laughs> uh, as much as, you know, I didn't want to see the Joker go. Uh, they yep. did a pretty good job of wrapping that uh, tail end and telling, you know, why she's doing what she's doing. Um, so I liked that. And uh, I liked, there was something else. Obviously. I think they had to distance themselves from Jared Leto in yeah. light of some recent things he's been oh, doing. But yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 And yeah. and the um, hyena, yeah, hyena. Yeah. Oh, I love the hyena. So cool. You know, they they didn't have to do that, but they did, and uh, it's just you know they he just looked at as a as a normal dog, but it was just, you know <laughs> three times the size of a normal dog, and uh, I I thought that was cool. They should have had two, but I understand why they had only one. Yep. So yeah, hyena was definitely fan service again. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right, Black Mask. Should we talk a little bit about this? I think. Ewan McGregor did a great job. He, he had fun. It wasn't taken too seriously. And I, I didn't mind his interaction with Victor Zaz. I thought mm. Zaz was, you know, as you play a, a maniac who likes to slice off people's faces. And, and that scene was quite, quite confronting. That was, again, mm. that Guy Ritchie sort of yep. shock scene. Yep. Um, super violent and, and you know, the snot bubble and, and kind of <laughs> where that led and, and, and that sort of thing. But the final sort of sequence... Again, a little bit underwhelming as he goes onto the pier and has that sort of misty yeah. con- confrontation. Liked him getting blown into pieces. I thought that was a cool way to go, <laughs> yeah. like you know, with the, yeah. the ring and, and that sort of thing. But again, this felt like it, it. It for a lot of parts, okay, it had some some I guess interesting takes on things, but for a lot of the story, it felt like I was just watching something I'd watched ten times before. In what respect? Well, like, you know, a, a, a standoff in a pier where someone's uh, got a gun okay, and they've got elements. a knife okay, to yeah, sure, the throat, sure. and, and and you know, like goons coming in and 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 you know, team up right at the end. We got yep. to work together and you know, protecting the girl because everyone's after her to get the diamond, and it, just those elements mm-hmm. were were well worn tropes that I wish they'd done a bit more with. Probably the one thing I'd say that, and you're right in in saying that the one thing at the very end is where they're not suddenly all best buds and Harley basically pisses off and just goes, nah, they're all like goody goodies. I'm going to run away and do my own thing. I really enjoyed that part. I just went, 
That's a very that's Harley thing very to do. To These guys were convenient to get me out of, you know, get rid this of black mask. Jam, yeah. Yep. yeah, and uh, but no, I'm not, I don't need I'm them. Done now. And that's yeah. the whole comes back to the emancipation type thing. This is a, it's a Harley movie at the yeah. end of the day. And I think Har- to me, anything with Harley in it was really quite good. That that's and and I felt like Harley and you and Black Mask did a good job, and it was engaging. And, and I think Margot Robbie did it. Yeah, they care. And then when you go to that next level down of characters and and performances i felt quite let down by that that level yeah right um which which was a bit disappointing really i mean that final sequence with the birds of prey in action it was just like a, a bad cosplay party really you didn't like it that i i didn't mind what they it. were wearing yeah oh the final sequence like That's the blue the- it looked like a like a costume <laughs> party or something. Like I was going to say, Mar- and, and I know it was only like a, a 10, 20 second bit, but yeah. it was like the coming together of the Birds of Prey fighting together. Yeah. And and they looked like they were in, you know, like a, a cheap op shop outfit. <laughs> That's what I mean about Margot yeah, Robbie not the wearing the right... It was... Like, like, I can, I, okay, I understand she doesn't want to be sexualised, yeah. but don't, don't look like you've just gone through the trash and, oh, there's a bit of 70s clothing, there's a bit yeah. of 60s clothing... That's a 50. I like that color. You know, I'm going to grab that as well. And I'm going to put a, a clear raincoat over the top and that's going to be my outfit tonight. Like, uh, just... yeah, well, yeah. I just feel like you, you look at a Marvel film and when they do the superhero costumes, they're brilliant. Like you look at Black Widow or you look at Iron Man or you, look, yeah. you know, like they're just so well done. And then I was looking at that final sequence. I'm like, they went to zero effort, in my opinion, to make these look, Huntress, look nice. Huntress looked mm. uncomfortable oh. in, her, yeah. in her outfit that yeah. vaguely resembled what she looked like in the comic books, you know. So yeah. it wasn't even any purple in it, was it? No, it, it was wasn't purple, it was but like it was a... sort of the crop, little bit of a crop top. The yeah, just yeah, I, I don't yeah. know, and, and I think it had a little cross on it or something. Yeah, mm. uh, but that was about it. But um, uh, yeah, no mask or anything. Mm. I, I just think there was a, a tiny bit of effort made, but they missed the mark so so much. <laughs> so who, who, I, got, I got a question. I went and saw this with my wife. On my yep. wedding anniversary. Oh, right. congratulations! Yeah, thank you. Yep. Fifteen years. I, I can't. I, I, I think she was, you know, happy to go see something. We've never been to the movies. Oh, we haven't been to the movies together for, for ages. Fifteen years. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, right. For um, well, since the kids have been born, it's just so hard. But I think she enjoyed it. You know, as a as a female going to see it, and it, it begged the question: Did she enjoy it more? Well, I, I think so. But see, mm. I, I think on so. On the flip side of that, my I went with my wife and she loved it. Yes. She, okay. she, and, and I don't quote her. She w- walked out saying it's just the right amount of batshit crazy. Yep. And that's yep. what she just kept right, telling everyone. Cool. She yep. really enjoyed it. And that's cool. But I, and, and I asked the question because, you know, it, it annoyed me for a few reasons, which as is kind of like almost a seasoned comic book fan going into this, I wondered if the movie was for me. And, and I think mm. the fact that I kind of only went to see it because I knew we were going to do this review probably told me it wasn't for yeah. me. It probably yeah, wasn't sure. a film that was marked for me. And then the question was, who is this movie for? Well, we know now it's for Ree. Yeah. But, um, and, and, and my wife enjoyed it. So was this targeted at females? The casual fan. The casual the fan, casual maybe. Fan. I don't know. Like, is it more of a, a chick film? I don't know. It was weird. And then it was like, the face peeling. I'm like, well, well, is it then? Because would you put that in? Why would you go the the R rating or the MA15 plus here if you're ta- so? I got a bit confused with who this film was for. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that it's not for us as as 
males per se. Like that said, you know, the comic book fans who know these characters who can understand the little nods, yeah, we're going to take more out of it. But same thing, cut, copy, paste, went to see it with my wife and, and she loved it. You know, she turned to me straight away and goes, that's the best DC film. And I'm like, hang on a second. Have you forgotten about Wonder Woman and Aquaman and even Shazam? She's like, oh, okay, yeah, that's a fair point. But I, I think I didn't have a bad time with it. Now, uh, again, as probably the least DC person in the room here, I, I didn't pick up on Cassandra. I, I figured Cassandra Kane was a name, but it didn't. That part of it didn't bother me. Uh, I thought the performances were quirky enough to make it a point of difference. You know, one thing that DC have really been striving to do is not be a, a carbon copy paste of Marvel. This was very much that. This was their their crack at making a Deadpool film. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. a yeah. female Deadpool film. And, and in that respect... I think you had to go R. You had to do that violence. Yeah. I think I think we we have this perception that that women can't handle violence and that and that's that's just wrong. You know they want to see females kicking ass and and throwing out four letter words when it's warranted sort yep. of thing. So yeah, I, I I probably enjoyed it more than more than most people here from the sounds of it. <laughs> well, I certainly enjoyed it more than what I thought I was going to. I think we talked about it on this show. A few episodes back, I wasn't sold on the trailers at all. Mm. It felt very much like Harley Quinn the movie, but it didn't feel like it was quite being marketed by that certainly in terms of the title. And I really didn't know what to make of make of it from the trailer. So I enjoyed it more than what I thought for it was. To your point about who was and Trent's point in particular about who was this film for, I think it was it was definitely not aimed at hardcore comic book fans. I'm not sure whether it was aimed at hardcore female comic book fans either. I think it was aimed at reaching out. A whole heap of people that are somewhat familiar with these characters, yeah. but are not in the tent per se. May not even know what the difference is between a DC or or, sure. or a Marvel mm. character. Yeah, um, but just just want a fun time. They know Harley Quinn and don't have a huge investment in these characters. And maybe if we bring them in for this, maybe they'll go and see the Suicide Squad, which comes out next year because it's Margot Robbie back again as yep. Harley. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah, good point. Yeah. Um, so you, you look at that sort sort of thing, and and that's probably what it was aimed for. That's probably why it's a bit of a middle of the road box office response, where no one's quite sure if it's made a profit yet or flopped. Yep. This far on in as well, because it 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 sort of it's not reaching out to the hardcore fan base, which I think if it was, it would have it would have done. It, it would already be a profitable film. Yeah. If mm. um, people had seen that trailer and thought, yeah, this speaks to, to my love of Harley or my love of the DC universe. But, you know, I think they're trying to reach out to some people that are not in the tent yet. And and that's brave. Is it crazy brave? Will it pay off? Who knows? But but I, I think it was really interesting. And I noticed, I went to see it on my own. Um, I, like I said, I enjoyed it more than what I f- thought it would. But, you know, I was pleasantly surprised to see some people coming out saying that, you know, they liked it. Yep. And when I got out and and um, these are people that, that were in the line in front of me and, and weren't sure going in whether they wanted to see it. I think, you know, one of the guys did, but there was a group and, and, and the girls said, you know, weren't that keen at all, but they came out and, and they had a good time. So mm. I thought that was interesting and it sort of, for me, gave me, it sort of solidified that feeling of reaching out to people that, that were perhaps on the fence. Yep. I think, look, the $97 million budget, I think they did a good job with that budget. Like, that's yeah, pretty agreed. pretty tight and it looks pretty what, good, the hyena. Like yeah. you said, you know, maybe would have been nice to have two, but one did enough, right? Yeah, you know? yeah. So yeah. I think they, they used it quite well. Any closing comments? Is it, you know, I think we talked a little bit to favourite scenes. My favourite scene was the 
coming into the police precinct. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that's that's that was, that's, yeah. I, yeah. I could have watched the whole film, uh, you know, theoretically, you know, doing that sort of stuff. Yeah, like, the that whole way been, through, yeah. yeah, that would have been... And I'm glad that better. that wasn't spoiled by, like, trailers yeah. and yes. stuff. Like, yes. there yeah. was there was a lot of that end fight sequence that was sort of shown leading into it, but that was one where you go, that's easily the standout scene yep. of, of the movie. I, I just can't help but feel Ryan Reynolds, uh, you know, having the passion to do to push Deadpool mm. along. He had more uh, knowledgeable taste on what that character needed to showcase in the film and which way to go and, you know, how to hit those comedy notes and things much more than where Margot Robbie hit it. And, I mean, that's no disrespect to oh, Margot Robbie or whatever. Talented, but, but, but Ryan Reynolds is I think, top I think, of his game, Exactly. Right? I think yeah. Deadpool is still the superior film when you're, you know, talking about fans rising up and... Uh, making a movie, you know, about the fa- their favorite character, so to speak. So yeah, I mean, his mm. sense of humor is just it is perfect for, yeah. for Deadpool. So it's hard yeah. to top or that. To yeah. yeah. Anything? Any final comments? We we do have to do our mm. rating out yep. of nineteen. Should we start, Darren, yeah, with you? We'll go around. You can start with me. I'm gonna rate it. Um, like I said, I came in not expecting very much at all. I, I was in fact bitterly disappointed by all the trailers that had surfaced. I'm going to lock in a 14. 14. I'm going to go 12 out of 19. Yeah, look, I'm going to say I'm going to say 15. I, sure. I enjoyed yeah. it. Mm. Yeah, don't feel bad. No, I'm going to go 12. Psychologically speaking, vengeance rarely brings the catharsis we hope for. Yeah. There we have it. Birds of prey, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> something, something with Harley Quinn. That some movie. That something with the emancipation. All right, let's hit up our final topic. State of the nation. It's a really interesting time post New York Toy Fair, and what a New York it was! I mean, we, we, the, the excitement in the, the room. Best in living memory. Oh, it is. It yeah. was. It was fantastic. It's <laughs> ten out of ten. Best New York I can remember. But it leaves an interesting question in the air around what does this mean for your collection, right? And, and I know, I know, I personally wax and wane in collecting between. Modern toys and vintage toys. Sure. I think this is a new category. It's modern toys. Upcoming toys. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's modern toys that are vintage toys. Uh, upgrade. Yeah, yeah upgrade, but, upgraded or whatever. Yep. Like, so yeah, sure. I feel like I could collect just nothing but vintage, but I'd just be spending money on the Neckers, on the Super 7s, mm-hmm. that sort of product. You know, the Hasbro doing, you know, Kenner reissues, yes. for crying yeah. out loud. That's very exciting. I mean... We we talked we laughed a little bit about um, the the ad the faux ad that was going around, <laughs> yep. which is like you know just buy the toys that we had in the eighties again, and to some degree that's so true yep. uh, with the product that's coming out. So I feel like I can be a modern toy collector with vintage taste and just collect heaps of stuff this year. Yep. Yep. What does this mean? So where are we placed now? What is the state of your toy collection or your mindset going into 2020? Putting it putting out of your head the the reality that we live in Australia and and stuff that comes with that. If everything's accessible and we can get our hands on it, is this a game changer for you? Does this change anything in the way you're approaching your toy collecting? How are you feeling? I feel like my money is already spent before I got it. Basically, and to your point, yes, there's so much in the market now that is aimed at people like me who 
we grew up with this stuff in the 80s. You've had down times over the last 20, 30 years, and now it's come back. I've got a full-time wage. I've got maybe as not much disposable income as I would like, but this is hitting right in the, oh my God, I need to buy it now button. And yeah, I I, I keep saying I want to complete my vintage Ninja Turtles to a, to a degree, and I can't remember the last time I bought one because all this money is going out as soon as it's coming into my, my bank account. Yeah, so it's a really interesting time. I a little bit frustrated that money is sort of tied up in some of these things that you you have to you have to pay up front and then they don't arrive for for six months. I don't mind paying some of the you know the the increased prices we have for this quality product. It annoys me that it leaves my bank account so early and then there's this six, eight, nine month wait for some of this stuff. So yeah, I'm feeling a little bit hamstrung if I'm honest. Like I just, I know this stuff, I'm going to get it. It's as simple as that. But then that puts pressure on, you know, the ability to do anything else. So what when you say, because I've got an idea of the sorts of things you're interested in. Sure. How, how, how many items is that sort of i've got to get i've got to lock away like we're talking sort of like nin, super seven ninja turtles yep. the 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 redos yeah um the necker stuff that they're doing like you know yep. comic look any any of that turtle stuff out of toy yeah. fair i'm a lock yeah. for right including the one quarter scales i think that was my shut up and take your money yeah i know that's the one that sort of a lot of people have gone oh you know price and i've already got the the movie one quarter scales uh, ironically there was all the turtle stuff out of New York, I'm down for, and none of it was from Playmates, which I found yeah. very interesting. Um, yeah, the, the the Casey and the Raf, obviously the Toko Razor Super Shredder, that's a no brainer. They're hitting not just the redos, we like as per that crazy ad, that the redos of classic figures, which is more where Super Seven are headed. Um, but they're doing stuff. How many Toko and Razor figures have we had in the history of Probably the franchise? Two or three. Two or yeah. three. The transforming yeah. ones and yeah. the regular ones. Exactly. Okay. And then I think they did. They got a bit and, of a shout out in the oh, 2012 yeah. line. But they looked very different. Totally different redesign. Yeah. But this is screen accurate. You know, anyone who knows that movie knows what you're looking at. And I think I think that's where I'm at. Everyone talks about you know a sort of rise of the TMNT and how they want to reinvent the franchise. Uh, maybe I'm getting old, but I want to be able to look at it and go, that was from this movie or this show. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah. Ben, how are you feeling? I know, <laughs> I know. Okay. So, you know, to recap how I see your collection yep. is you've got a collection filling up all the space. Yeah. Mm. And so, when, whenever I think of you in New York or San Diego and your product, I'm like, what does Ben move out I know, to bring yeah, it out? Well, I, I, I need to move my Lego. My Batman Lego, I've been uh, umming and ahhing for that for ages, but that's just going to clear a lot of space. So uh, I'm going to try and clear that, um, whether it's small bulk lots or you know, small set lots, sorry, or a bulk lot, I'm happy to take offers or whatever if anyone's chasing anything. <laughs> yeah, I sort of, I've, I've had my fun with that. And it's uh, it's just to just so I don't get into a uh, you know a clutter yep. effect. I, yep. I I've I've got the space I'm I'm in. I mean we can joke all around. Oh, let's put a second story on things like that. If I spend any more on infrastructure on my toy room, yep. uh, I think my wife will slip my my throat in the, uh, <laughs> yeah, at night. 
because and, and that's we'll be just down one very valuable you know, podcast, and, and that's just because of reality. You yeah. know, like the bathroom needed to be painted because we put that off for so many years. Yeah. So yeah. you know, things just things like that. You know, that uh, are much more important than plastic toys uh, for a thirty-eight-year-old uh, man. <laughs> um, so I, I am all in on the movie. You know, Ninja Turtles toys and things. I've I um, gobsmacked at how amazing and how quickly Neca yeah. have turned around and hey soon. guys, we're doing the second film now. You know, and just I want to, I want them all. Uh, but at the same time, I I've also very logical that I have then to look at. I can't have everything, so I'm making a very you know uh, default line in the sand that I'm not going to go into for Origins. Yep. You know, Master of the Universe Origins mm. as much as. He-Man is my one of my, if not my favourite toy line to get. I've spent the last ten years collecting classics, and classics is the the best Master of the Universe line I think we one could ask for. It was perfect. It was uh, my entry level into modern collecting and being there from the start and still being there at the end and, and meeting all these guys. All, yeah, yeah, deep as yeah. all heck. Mm, and I roster. just. You know, through all the uh, heartaches and things, there was more gain than there was, yep. you know, um, angry shouts and things. I think uh, when, once you stand back and reflect on all those early nights and things of ordering. <laughs> oh, definitely. Uh, so I'm, I, I, it was worth it. It was. <laughs> it, was, it, was it was very yeah, worth it. Yeah. You know, uh, being there for San Diego 2010, uh, you yep. know, that was just amazing having that atmosphere. Oh. Buzz off and things revealed. Voting yep. for what colour Swift Wind was yep. going to be and just amazing stuff like that. Or was it Granamere? Anyway, Swift I reckon Rind, I, Swift I had Granamere in 11. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, so that was just an amazing twilight. And that's that's not only because, you know, I, I love the line and the, for Origins and things, but and I wish it well, but I just don't have the space no, I get to, it. To, do, mm. to start a whole new toy line that looks almost identical to the vintage yep. line mm. with a little bit of upgraded... You know, that's my classics. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. No, so so I, I'm all in for those Ninja Turtles. I'm going to check, you know, hopefully Toxic Crusaders and things goes. But I, I can't see envision it, you know, building very quickly. Uh, so I think I'll be safe in that route. I've slowed down dramatically on my Alien and Predator yep. collecting. Mm. Uh, I, I really hope I can go still go to shows and pick up vintage toys, yep. you know, locally and things. But... Um, I hope, hope I don't find, you know, more dino riders or anything because <laughs> I don't have room for them. <laughs> um, so I'm in, in the boat where I guess you you, you prioritise what's what's important to you, what's important to you about what's been announced and coming out and the, the lines that really, really resonate with you. As many people in this room would know, I have wanted a Back to the Future line forever. Poor Trent, he's probably heard about it for most of 20 years that I've known him. Um, that I just felt that was a gap in my personal collection. So that is a top order priority for me, along with the uh, NECA Defenders of the Earth and the NECA Turtles, particularly the animated and, and the uh, 1990 movie in the Secret of the Ooze stuff. So their priorities, as is the Super 7 Turtles line, I'm assessing where I go with the Ghostbusters stuff this year because there's, there's just... There's only so much money. There's only so so much room. I really want those kind of real Ghostbusters reissues. If I had to just pick one Ghostbusters thing that came out, one one offering that came out of that, it'd be those six figures from from the real, real Ghostbusters line from Kenner because they're the that's my childhood Ghostbusters toy line, I guess. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's just weighing up what the priorities are. 
I do definitely want to collect Origins, and I think I'm in on, on that. I truly believe, believe I am, uh, but I understand why, you know, you collect a line like we have that's, you know, over 200 figures, you know, a couple of playsets, some vehicles, where do you put it all, uh, and, you know, how long could our Origins run for, and what, what could that mean? So I understand why people don't want to start one again so soon, if at all. So I totally get that. But yeah, it is about priorities and it's about core properties, I guess. And for me, core core properties are the ones I mentioned, plus, you know, maybe, um, you know, Star Wars Black Series. Yeah, sort of. I was going to ask about that. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. no, that's, that's still in. Um, I'm not sure how much longer I'm going to be able to afford the Super 7 Thundercat stuff, particularly if mm-hmm. I keep getting two of each, you yep. know, or whether I drop down to one or where I go with that. You've always spoken about Thundercats as a bit of a secondary property it, to it, you anyway. It was, like, particularly during childhood, it was a long way down. It's something I've warmed to as I've gotten older. Yeah. And and I made the decision not to get a wave two of the Funko um, Thundercats line hmm. uh, because I was prioritising this one yep. Um, yep. As, as a definitive... Uh, it's a definitive case. version, absolutely. How, how yeah. much are those Super 7 Thundercats going for now, anyway? Like, uh, $45 with the exception $45 of the new one. They're between 80 and 100 to get a figure. Australia, Australia. Yeah, Australia. Yeah. See, it's yeah. a lot of money. It and, is. Yeah. It's a and tremendous with, amount of coin. With Turtles coming out, mm-hmm. and then uh, if you double in Conan, and if they continue with Toxic Crusaders, exactly. you know... Uh, just those cherry picking, oh. like it's. It's why like, when Brian said at New York, um, you know, we, to Pixel Dan in that video, we're ta- taking a month off because people ask for a month breather off. Yeah. yeah, I get that. Yeah, damn straight. Uh, particularly if you collect other things as well, because it, it adds up. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Look, for me, um, I've got. I've, I'm literally negative room. I, I don't have room, so I've got. I've, I, my starting position is I can't buy a single figure. Mm. That's starting position. Mm. And what I want to do is get that room down to a manageable space. So right, so like right. Uh, obviously our listeners can't hear or see what your room looks like now. But are you happy with it right now? If it stays uh, like that, or I'm happy with the room. I'm happy with the room. Yeah. What you're not seeing is yes, what's not in that room. Of course. And there's so to get it looking like that, I've had to take up a fairly good chunk of that shed. Yes. <laughs> and a fairly good chunk of that cupboard and a fairly good chunk of what's in the bedroom a fairly good chunk of the house of wallpaper and uh, Frank's right yeah okay so so that's my starting point is it's it's a lot's got to go before I can even think about moving stuff into the collection sure so that's my my next step is to say so I've got I guess the the first question I've got to ask is what's got to go and then that kind of goes well if I get rid of enough stuff what can I then get well then then maybe I can get some very select Bits. Mm. But to your point, I can't get Masters Origins. I, I literally, I, can, I can't, I don't have the space for it, so I can't mm. get it. Um, I can't start any other line. Like, Defenders of the Earth may be an exception because it's, it's, it's five, probably five, yeah, five figures and that's it. it and that's done, that's neat and that's cool. Um, I like what's happening in Turtles mm. and that's really about it for me. Star Wars Black probably has to go. Yep. Um, Origins has to go so pretty much everything has to so go when like you say go you mean get rid of stuff you've already got no or you just don't accumulate any don't accumulate anymore and then and then the secondary question is what's going to go to make room for the stuff that i want and that helps frame what i want my collection to look like yeah mm-hmm. and Priorities. and when yeah and, and i guess it's like saying well i've got to get rid of 300 figures in there to justify getting 
the next snake token razor. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, but where does that go? Like seriously, yeah, like and and classics to me, classics is done. Classics is a nice bookend to Masters, right? Yeah. I I just can't justify Origins as much as I want the retro cards and 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 mm. yeah, I just I don't have the room for it. Yeah, and the mini comics and all that. Yeah, I'd, I'd look, I'd love it, and 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 maybe I'll enjoy it through. If Darren's the only one collecting it here through Darren's eyes. But the other question is, if I really want it, what do I have to get rid of in there to yes, make it, to make it, room? To and and it's probably getting into things like, well, does DC Universe Classics oh, have wow. to go? Like, that's Ooh. the question. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Oof. Like, what else, what what has to go mm. to justify it? Um, and don't, so that's... don't you just wish you only collected one line? We had Damien yeah. on the other, yeah. a couple of weeks ago, and he was the one who just said, yeah, he was able to get these two in the world like prototypes and how much coin he goes yeah but this is the only line I collect and he's looked around Ben's room we're like yeah fair point yeah, like yeah, well, we know, <laughs> I, I sort of walk into Davey's collection I'm like man if I only collected one line like I could have this yeah. shrine yeah. of amazement you know yeah. or, or like um, uh, Delta Chameleon you know yeah. I, yep. I, I only collected only Battle Beasts for all these lines and that's how I but he said he's getting into turtles yeah, so that's, yeah. that's alright we'll you know that. I just I just I really admire that yeah, uh, determination that, yeah. To yeah, and and that ability to resist all other things. Yeah. Yeah. We all know how distracting any other line can be to any other time. You know, because but, uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm now hunting, you know, not actively hunting, but if I find one at Toy Fair, if I find a vintage Robocop figure, I'll, I'll buy it because yeah. I've got a modern... Uh, Necker, you know, so I want that yeah. transition of the modern and the vintage. Yeah. And this is where I was. Where, where do you stop? Yeah. Yeah. You know, no, no, like, this is a problem because yeah. this is where I was going. Yeah. yeah, is that I was collecting like a museum. Yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. I need to show the evolution. I need, I need everything that Kenner put out between 1984 and you know, like to show yeah, that evolution. Wow. And so, you know, I, I love the lines, but how how connected am I? And this is now, you know, like so I'd go out and I'd buy. Mattel Hook, and I'd buy Kenner Robocop, and I'd buy Kenner Alien Predator, I'd buy it. Like, so stuff that, you know, just. At least Hook's a small line. Well, yeah, I know, I know they're, mm-hmm. they're small, but they, you know, when you, when you do when that, you for, when you do that for 30 lines, yes. yep. right? Like Bucky O'Hare or Darkwing Duck, or, you know, it, 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 it adds mm-hmm. up, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden, that, Swamp Thing. Waterworld. Water, water I've got Waterworld, I've got, I've got everything. <laughs> yeah, right? Like I, I say, so, but, yeah. you know, yeah, like, yeah. and, and, it, 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 it's justifiable when you're saying, okay, it's only another 10 figures and, and three vehicles. You know, I've got the shadow. I've got all sorts of stuff because it's, mm. it's Kenner and it, it tells a story and they're properties that I enjoyed and they're toys that I saw as a kid. I've got such a breadth. And what, what goes from the collection? This is sort of the question I've been grappling with. And, it, and where I've sort of landed is it's probably that, like I was looking today, like I've got a pretty extensive Mint on Card Turtles collection, so mm. I wouldn't get rid of any vintage turtles. Sure. But then there's the, the 2007 movie, right, mm-hmm. where I've got the line of, I don't know, let's say it's 20 figures. Yeah. And it's like, well, how attached am I to that movie? Yeah. I could live, I could quite comfortably live without those and I'd rather get the Super 7. Yeah. Turtles figures in for that space. Makes sense. Yeah. So this is where my mind is going. Is those modern those lines? So that's why I put DC Universe Classics on the chopping block, mm. because what what drives my passion for that? Well, superpowers. Superpowers drives my passion for that. So could I conceivably get rid of everything from two thousand onwards? In do you know what I mean? Like that. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's the question that I have to. Because something has to go if I want to, and I have to get rid of a lot because I have to cut that down to something manageable, and then if I want to get more figures 
only then can I mm. can I think yeah. about getting them. So it's it's big tough choices because you're working your timeframes too because things have been announced for particular release dates and so if you're talking about cutting like entire eras of toys, not just lines or waves, but entire eras, then it doesn't give you a lot of time to to move that. Product. I'm not uh, like if I if I guess if I make the decision to get something. I'm happy to do it over mm. a period of time, and I've got yeah. I've got time to do that now. Whereas I hadn't, I didn't have time to do a lot of sales in the past because it's time consuming to sell yeah. stuff. Yeah. Right? Oh, and, yeah, it's and like it's just it's just frustrating as well. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. yeah. How, how do you do it? Do you do yeah. Facebook? Do you do eBay? Yeah. Do you, yeah. do you do too you, many options? Do you take it all down to the the next toy fair and set up a you know four tables? Well, or do you, <laughs> you know what do I mean? Do it, he could do. Do you do it through your podcast? But um, <laughs> but in all seriousness. What where I'm at with it is I don't want to go. Here's 300 DC Universe Classics figures. Make me an offer. Yeah, well, no, that's how I would do it because yeah. it's, I don't want to be stuck. I don't want. I don't want to have 300 for sale. Someone comes in and buys the best 20 or the rarest 20 or the most iconic 20 or 30 or 40, and I'm stuck with 250 figures that I just can't Move. get rid. Like it's it's got to go as either waves or sets or something because I don't want to be. I'd rather have it all than have like yep. still most of the collection yep. Yep. Yeah, and, and then not the not the, the core items. Yeah. So it, it's it, it's going to be interesting to try and sell it in that way. It has to be to me. It has to be sold as lots. So you buy the whole the whole mm-hmm. collection of things, and, and a lot of people just don't don't buy that way. Yeah. They've either collected it and they just want those last little bits. So it'll be a, it'll be a challenge to go through that, but. That's what this gig's all about, right? Yeah. Good luck. Thank you. Yeah, interesting. Absolutely. Best wishes, man. Thank you. And I think it'll be good because we can actually record the podcast back in that room. We, can all fit. we might actually be able to fit again. <laughs> yeah, we've done a bit of that lately. <laughs> that's, that's probably all we had now for this episode. We have to do a shout out to our latest Patreon. Yes, uh, Delta Chameleon. He's come on. He's a Chicago yep, boy. Yeah, Chicago. Uh, yep. Yeah, he's got a bit of a thing in zoology uh, or and documentary filmmaking. filmmaking I yeah. yeah, that's cool. His his Delta Chameleon in Dino Riders was taken. Was it yeah, the, 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 the Advance? The Battle Beast? Yeah. Battle Beast, yeah. Was it taken with a real aardvark? Or yeah, he had a picture that was supposedly in Africa with that Battle Beast with an actual real-life aardvark yeah. sort of poking around the corner and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, seems to be very, very talented as well as a, a passionate collector for all things uh, Battle Beast and Laser Beast. I think Jen... Uh, I think Ben has got a new crush. Um, it's his favourite new toy collector. But he has said that he's getting back into turtles as well. So I'm sure I'll be able to help him out. Very slippery slope at the end. <laughs> no, it's, all, yeah, it's it all slippery, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Lather it up and we'll, we'll go down the slip and slide. <laughs> <Whee>! <laughs> On that note, huge thank you to all our patrons for their support and chatter on the Discord. Absolutely wonderful as always. And for everyone for tuning in to another episode of Toy Power, we so much appreciate your support. And on that note, I hope to see you buying my toys. (laughs) (laughs) And until next time, good journey. You can find the Toy Power team at all the usual online places. Facebook.com slash Toy Power Podcast. At Toy Power Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Or have your say and email us, toypowerpodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to the show on both iTunes and Stitcher. And please leave us a review. Otherwise, we just assume we're awesome. We are a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. Check out all the awesome shows on this awesome network full of 
OK People. Want to learn more? Go to GiantSizeTeamUp.com where you can find us and a whole lot more awesome shows. Well, they're not more awesome than us, but they're... Yeah.